0: This week on The Beauty Standard, Nicole chats with Madhavi Gavini, the founder of Droplet. After being diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder, she had to take it into her own hands to find relief. Through her own research and funding from NASA came Droplet, a revolutionary skincare tool.
1: Welcome to The Beauty Standard with your host, Nicole Gregory, Urban U CEO and medical spa industry key opinion leader. A podcast where we bring you thought leaders, experts, and trailblazers who are setting the standard in the beauty and wellness industry. We bring you the latest trends straight from the source before they go mainstream. So grab your coffee or wine, come relax with us, and be prepared to be inspired.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beauty Standard. I'm Nicole Gregory, and today we have Madavi Cavini. Welcome to the Beauty Standard.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today.
2: Yes. No, I'm happy and excited to be talking about your product um, and your company, uh, Droplet. Tell us a little bit about how you came about with the idea of Droplet.
0: Sure. So Droplet is this little handheld device that's able to take skincare ingredients that we all know and love, like collagen or hyaluronic acid or proteins, and it's able to create a high-speed aerosol that allows more of those ingredients to get into your skin, basically able to solve the skin penetration problem, um, which is a huge problem in medicine and dermatology as well as consumer skincare. care. And um, my background is actually in, in mathematics and computational neuroscience. And I, I don't come from a traditional beauty background. I actually developed the technology with my co-founder as a medical device initially. Um, we were interested in basically designing transdermal drug delivery technology to treat a variety of rare skin diseases, things like um, epidermal lysis or butterfly skin syndrome, which is like a rare genetic disease, all the way to like diabetic foot ulcers and you know all of these um, medical conditions really where people are limited in treatment by the inability to get drugs into their skin. So that's why we initially built the technology, and we have a whole arm of the company that does active R and D there. And then we realized that there is a huge um, parallel problem in the consumer space where you have incredible skincare actives, but getting them actually into your skin where they can be effective is a challenge. And that's what our technology can ultimately solve.
2: That's so smart. You are such a smart human being. I love it. I love it. Now you can see you have a little, you have one of your products right there. I'd love to see it. Can you hold that up for us? Okay. So how does that work? Like, so do you put the product in there?
0: Yeah, sorry. So um you have the mm-hmm. hardware, and then it's compatible with a variety of formulations. And I just always have a bunch of samples at my desk. So we sell basically boxes with um capsules that contain a variety of ingredients, and they look like this. They're basically um, just these little capsule pods, kind of like an espresso. Curing. Yeah, pipe. yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. So you just um, pop it into your device and it's got a little side, so there's a door that opens, you pop it in and it's got like a little side button click and you click it to turn on. It also comes with an app so you can choose to use the app. And what that lets you do is actually put your device into different targeted treatment modes. You can do your whole face. You can do like a targeted under eye treatment. We have like a lip pumping mode. We have an acne or blemish treatment mode. So you can, Get a lot more out of your device by using the app.
2: So smart. Okay, so show me the device again. So you put the thing in there, and then you would put it just on your face. It it You go. Know, you put it right on it. Depending yeah. on the procedure.
0: Yeah. So you put um you put a capsule into the device, and then you would just hold it. Um, if I'm doing my whole face, I would hover it just you, know, you can mm-hmm. see it's a little bit of space, mm-hmm. a little bit of daylight yeah. between that. Yeah. Yeah, and you'd um you just turn it on, and and you can kind of go over your whole face and this is curved. So it actually mm-hmm. matches like the curves of your face pretty well. Wow. Okay.
2: So, uh, so how does this, so I love, uh, medical grade skincare. care, um, anything that can help. I wouldn't even say with anti-aging more of the, uh, the idea of just being healthy and well, I mean, I love that. So what are the products I need for me? And so with this product, obviously not only has the individual different packets. So I want to kind of talk about that in a second, but how does it know how much to distribute? Is it, is it the same and how does it go? It says on your, um, it goes 20 times deeper than normal products. So how, I'm just curious.
0: Right. So basically with skincare actives, um, I'm going to use collagen because that's a really easy example. Um, you know, collagen's an essential protein in your skin as we get older or like UV exposure and other environmental stressors, we start to lose it and your skin loses its elasticity. So what Droplet can do is it can take these capsules that contain a preset dose of collagen. Um, so that's kind of where you get the dosing from. And that kind of comes from my pharma background, where we wanted to make it like a vitamin. You get the same amount in every delivery, every single time. Mm-hmm. And you can um, administer it to your skin. And it's actually able to go in. So collagen is a large molecule, right? It's um, There's a unit that we use to measure molecule size. It's called a Dalton. And the rule of thumb is anything over 500 Daltons in molecular weight is not gonna get into your skin. It's just too big to diffuse. Um, Collagen's in the 100,000 Dalton range. It's it's not getting in um, through tropical or traditional application. So what we do is we take those collagen molecules um, and we're able to encapsulate them into tiny little droplets. They're sub-micron in size but they're also moving at high velocity. And that's really what our core technology does. And because they're so tiny and they're moving so quickly, they're actually able to penetrate skin more effectively. Um, so you're able to get just past the stratum corneum, and then you have really good diffusion um, into skin. So once any molecule gets past the stratum corneum, it's going to diffuse. It's going to get into the epidermis and, and eventually into the dermis, and muscle degrades faster than that. And, um, and by doing that, you're able to basically take these actives and, and get them effectively into skin. And then you can, you know, you get the, the effect of it, you get mm-hmm. skin pumping or the hydration or, um, you know, in the case of retinol, the, the skin turnover and so on.
2: We just learned so much. I, 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 it's just great information. So tell me, is that why they are more the digestive side, uh, ingesting like collagen is, is you can, it's
0: more effective, right. than putting it right. Yeah, exactly. So collagen, I mean collagen's an essential protein. It's everywhere like your joints and so on. So when you consume it, um some of it definitely goes into your bloodstream. It it helps a lot with joint health. There's a lot of good peer-reviewed papers on it. The challenge though with skincare is your skin is the last organ in your body to get nutrients. Um so if you look at, you know, if you look at something like collagen or even other um ingredients that that we consume to to promote our skin, not much of it's actually making its way into your skin. It's getting Secreted out, it's getting great. Like, um, like you have a lot of elimination processes where to, mm-hmm. to get rid of um, to get rid of ingredients. And uh, there's this thing called tissue partitioning, which is basically how much of the active reaches a tissue, and the amount that reaches skin is very, very small. So when you're treating your face, like as a consumer, you want to get much larger quantities in there than you'd ever be able to consume, and have it actually reach that point. And that's kind of the benefit of this approach. So
2: if you're going to put a product on, you might as well get the biggest bang for your buck. I mean, cause totally. it's going to go in, you know, the best. And so, okay. So such a smart product. Um, Tell me about um, what products go that go with you. said so you have lip, you have uh, collagen, you have some growth factors. Um, how do I know what to use? What, how do I know? Just, I, I think we were getting smarter and smarter. like, I just want lip or I just want something, but um, do you is there a way to help people kind of understand um that
0: yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a cohort of people who obviously are super into the field and can self-select and have no they know exactly what they want mm-hmm. and um and obviously they can they can kind of do it themselves on our site. We also um have estheticians who work at Droplet. There's actually a text line where we encourage our customers or even prospective customers to text them and say, Hey, I have skin that looks like this, you can send them a picture if you want, um, and, and they'll make a recommendation for you. They'll say, oh, you know, if you live in this climate and you're this age and this is your Fitzpatrick skin type and these are your concerns, then maybe start with this and we'll send you a few samples of that and, and let us know how it's working for you and then we can adjust over time. So we do offer sort of that more curated experience and they're, they're board licensed estheticians, right? So it's people who really are knowledgeable in the field and, and can give you that informed advice and that's totally free.
2: So being a mathematician into beauty, how does that feel? Do you like the crossover? Is it fun?
0: I think that there's, um, I think it's a little bit about the approach. I mean, for me, I'm a numbers person, so it's all, it's all data. And I tend to live in a world of um, less, less brand and more like what is the functional efficacy that we can achieve. Um, and for me personally, it's really the product development and continuing the engineering on the hardware, designing like these functional formulations with the team um, and then even helping with, with work on the app, right, to pair it and to make it a whole connected system. That's what gets me excited. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but even your design is beautiful. That's, you know, it's really nice that you've thought, you know, through probably you, you were, I'm sure, part of that, you know, design going, hey, we want it to be curved. We want it to be easy to use. Right. Um, and that all leads into marketing. So whether or not you think you're a part of it, you're already a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <It's laughs> um, so yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about you and your background in the sense of, um, you know, kind of schooling and how our, our podcast really is interested in not only what and what products you're offering, but also you as a young entrepreneur and like how you like where you started and how you got to where you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think it was a little bit of a circuitous route and it wasn't something that I, I mean, I fully thought I would grow up to be a professor um, and work in like a fun, in a fundamental area of R&D, um, you know, at an academic institution or maybe like a biotechnology company. So that had been kind of my, like where I had seen myself going in college. And then in grad school, um, I studied math and computational neuroscience. I'm, I went to MIT and Johns Hopkins and worked in these very academic institutions and primarily applied those skills to um, either like encryption like, or, or protein structure prediction and, and drug design and drug development. So these kind of niche and slightly esoteric fields. um, And I really enjoy that. And I think what, what brought me into um, building this technology was kind of seeing a fundamental problem that existed in the field. And it was very much a passion project. Um, My co-founder and I built early versions of Droplet on our kitchen table at home. You know, we, we were doing this while working full time and kind of um, it, it wasn't something when we started out that we ever imagined that we'd start a company, much less one in, in this category. And um, it just kind of happened. And I think that's been an incredible and really fun journey. And it's been kind of nice to be able to apply that field into like those sort of fundamentals of, of math and science into a field that, um, you know, that that is Certainly, there's amazing scientists who work in the beauty field, but it's, it's one that's not traditionally thought of in the same category. Um, so it's definitely been a learning experience for me on that front as well, and a really fun, fun journey. Well, let's talk a little bit
2: about that because, well, and also here, you know, I love technology that can disrupt and disrupt. I was just talking to someone is not a bad word. Disrupting is yeah. when you have a category or you have an industry that is, whether it's complacent for a long time or it's always changing, yeah you need know, people are coming in and, and making, you know slight disruptions or positive, change disruptions. So um, do you feel like your product's doing that? Do you think it's disrupting? Do you think it's going to be something that's going to become a standard?
0: Like what you're hearing so far, leave us a review or rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We appreciate your feedback and want our show to be its best. Email a screenshot of your review to TheBeautyStandard at TheUrbanU.com for a special gift from Urban U for me, your one-stop shop for medical-grade skincare. Thanks. That's my hope. Um, We talk about this at Droplet, and it's probably not the sexiest analogy, but we think of it a little bit like the electric toothbrush, where before everyone was manually brushing their teeth, and now the electric toothbrush is basically the default. And we want to see that same paradigm shift in beauty, where people are topically applying things to their face. Um, and you know, ultimately, this is a tool where you can take exactly those same ingredients, but you get much better functionality and delivery. And um, we want that to become the default way by which people get things into their skin. So we started with our own products, but ultimately the vision is to get other brands and other ingredients that are owned by you know, a variety of companies or individuals, have all of them on our platform. So it's a little bit of the Keurig model um, you know, where mm-hmm. you have a Keurig machine and then you can buy Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or all those other coffee mm-hmm. brands. We would like Droplet to grow in the same way, where mm-hmm. Droplet's this delivery mechanism. And then, of course, you can you can put all these other products um, onto it. That's great.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it allows the industry to level up as well. Um, You know, there's a lot of products out there and a lot of confusion among consumers what products are best what products are more organic and sustainable and so i think it it does you know if there's one delivery system or a deli- or a delivery system as you're saying um that you know people want to be a part of it and you can set the standard for like who's going to join that delivery system right like how do they become a part of that so um picking the best quality products i'm sure is a part of your your mantra and standard of moving forward for that disruption. I think it's really, that's really cool. I can't wait to see what you do with that. Well, I do want to talk a bit about your journey then as an entrepreneur. So you talked about where you got here again, you're a wicked start smart human being um, that just saw, you know, saw something went after it, disrupting it, love it. But one of the hardest parts is that those first little baby steps is starting a business and going, am I really going to do this? Are we really, like okay, this is happening, and then you it's you're like wow, uh, and then you you have the prototype, and then you know you start getting the marketing. Tell us a little bit about that. Was it was it scary? Was it easy? And where where are you in that process? Like have you? I have a lot of questions in one, so I don't want to bombard you.
0: No, sure. Um, yeah, it's absolutely a scary process. I think um, I think that's probably a healthy a healthy fear, right, of the unknown. Um, but the way I had always approached it has been we kind of set goals for the company um, or for ourselves. So for example, if we if we don't hit this milestone by this date, then then that's it, right? And you can do that in the early days when it's just you and, and your co-founder or you and your co-founder and one other person and, and you're kind of hacking it together. So that had always been a, a big part of it, which is, um, you know, we're going to do this in, a, in a, as logical way as possible. We're going to commit this much time and this much effort. And if we got this outcome, we'd keep going. And if we didn't, then, then we wouldn't. And um, we, you know, in many ways, we kind of scraped by, but but we did hit those milestones and eventually we were able to get funding. And then your attitude has to completely change because it's not just you anymore. You have um, employees, you have people who have also bought into the vision of it, who believe in it, you have investors, right, who've done the same. And so then you you really owe it to them to um, to kind of go all in and put your 100% into the Mm -hmm. business and into growing it.
2: How has the funding part been for you? Has that been um difficult, hard? You know, it's interesting because you do have such a unique product. Um,
0: how has that been? I think that funding for a first-time entrepreneur can often be challenging because you're not a notable quantity to investors and, and institutional investors and it's perfectly understandable, right? They do a lot of pattern recognition. So in the beauty space you tend to see certain types of people who start companies quite successfully and we didn't quite come from that background. Um, and then they, you often want to over-index some people who've done it successfully before. Like I built three companies, this is my fourth one, and it's certainly easier to get funding at that point. So I think that was certainly um, a little bit of a challenge, but I think a very common one that any kind of young first-time entrepreneur is going to experience. We found that um, that institutional investors have been, like especially from the more reputable firms, um, have actually been really pleasant and delightful to work with, because on one hand, they have a huge amount of institutional knowledge. Like there's a lot you can learn from them because they've seen so many companies succeed and fail. Um, And there's also a little bit more um, willingness to to take a risk and try something new. Um, So so we've been really, and I think that's because we kind of came into it with a tech focus angle. I think if we hadn't had that, it probably would have been a much harder slog. Mm -hmm. Are you based out of California? We're in Boston.
2: Boston, okay, great. Yeah, no, that's a great uh, tech market for sure. Yeah, for and sure. you get
0: incredible engineering talent here as well. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, I saw the sunshine a little bit out of your window, so I was like,
0: it's got to be somewhere on the the
2: West Coast. Yeah. That we're in Mich- we're in Michigan and we've got doom and gloom here. Keep one off. Right, <laughs> just <here laughs> hoping for this day. So yeah, that's that's really interesting. No, I agree with the um, you know proven concept. Uh, your proof of concept has to be good, and then you have to be. I've already done a proof of concept for yourself, right? Like making sure these investors really know who you are, can trust you, believe in you. Um, and obviously, you did that, so congratulations. And and funding's you know it's a tough, it's just a tough thing because now you said it, you're not necessarily 100% in control of the the company other people are. So um, they're now helping you dictate. Has that been hard at all? Having other people tell you, or like you said, you have a a nice group that of investors that are really letting you do your thing.
0: No, it's been, it's been really net positive. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's a few things. We have people on our team now, um, just to give you an example, like our CFO has an incredible background in the tech world. Like she's, been through companies from early funding through growth to through acquisition and I obviously haven't right so there's all these pitfalls that that you can go into and it's things that you don't realize are mistakes until after you've made them and when you've had somebody who's seen it like it's kind of gone through that before they can help you navigate and steer clear of a lot of those things mm-hmm. um, and of course it's the same with investors when they, when they work with hundreds of companies so I think there's a lot of really good institutional knowledge that comes from it um, and I think differing points of view and conflict um are healthy and productive like if we all had the same opinion it probably we probably would have been a lot less um successful at this point so Mm -hmm. i think it's just navigating that and um and making sure that you know like there's there's things i know how to do well and there's things that are completely new to me and kind of acknowledging the two has been
1: helpful
2: yeah they always say hire people smarter than you um because Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i think it's it's a good plan well, tell me about um, your target market. Like, as you go, you're growing, like, who are you planning or who are you going after? And how do people purchase this products right now?
1: Um, so,
0: right now, we're primarily direct to consumer on our website. So, it's droplet.io. And when we first launched, it was very much marketed towards this particular type of customer who was super knowledgeable about beauty. So they could look at our ingredient list, and they'd say, "Oh, I know exactly what that is. I know exactly how much I want in my skin," and they'd be able to mix and match um, and do it really well. And actually, one kind of cool thing that came from that is, you know, we did um, we did these IRB approved studies with our formulations, and we got really good before and afters. We post about them on our site, and maybe a few months after we launched, we started getting these incredible before and afters from our customers. You know, we got the first couple, we we're like, okay, it's probably photoshopped. Um, and they kept coming in and they looked better than our clinicals. Like they're, whatever they were doing, it was better than whatever we had planned with this like IRB study. So we started reaching out to them and we're like, okay, what are you doing? Like, you know, one or two, it might be photoshopped, but at this point it's probably not. And we found out that they were actually combining our capsules um, in a way that we had never thought about doing they were using um basically collagen in the morning and then like our retinol capsule and our acid our aha capsule of like at night um and they were giving themselves the equivalent of like a ZO style peel or treatment at home um wow and it was it was incredible we had we had never thought of it and we actually um we actually you know took that concept and we turned it into a regimen that we now sell on our site which is called radiant detox and we did um another irb study on it and so um So in that first, you know, definitely in those first six to nine months after launching, I'd say we learned um, as much, maybe more from our customers than than they did from us. And it's because they were primarily people who were so entrenched in the beauty sector and really knew what they were talking about and had been doing it for, you know, decades at that point. I think as you expand as a business, you still have to create products that delight that customer, right? That's still ultimately around functionality, but you need ways to expand to a broader audience who maybe is thinking more along the lines of, I have kind of dull skin or I have you know a wrinkle um, or I have some acne or dark marks and like what's the best product for that? And perhaps they don't know the exact percentage of trans acid that they want to use. So, um, so I think we've worked on Basically, creating language around our website, and obviously with the ability to talk to an esthetician, that would kind of give you a broader sense for what you might want. So you can index on the skin concern, um, and we can give you a little bit more guidance um, through your through your purchasing behavior.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, need based need based marketing is really important in this industry because people don't always. I think there's a really, like you said, a subsection of really smart people, and people are getting smarter every day. But I just have a need. I have dark spots. I have wrinkles. Whatever. So um that was very, very smart of you. Um, when I look at um by the way, your social media, I'm just looking at it right now, is really cute. I, I love it. It's do you work a lot with uh, influencers or tell me what you're doing from a marketing perspective? Because you have a lot of followers and you know, it sounds like you're doing really well. Um, Tell me, like, what, how you're marketing specifically? Like, uh, it's on the website, but are you reaching out to influencers and other, you know, people?
0: Yeah, we're we've done a lot of reach out to um, influencers and affiliates, so people who would want to use the product and talk about those experiences. Um, and it's a program we're growing really robustly right now, so we're always looking for more if people want to sign up. It's my shameless plug. Um, but, but, um, but that's been a huge part of it. It's been, um, a lot of word of mouth, um, people telling their friends and family about it. And then people who are, you know, reasonably prominent or known in the skincare category actually being customers and then talking about that experience. So that's been a big part of what's driven our growth. And then of course we do traditional marketing as well. Um, you know. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, like all of that stuff, um, and then we're playing around now with podcasts and connected TV will be later. So, so some of those more traditional angles, but um, but ultimately, I think that the thing that we really want to lean in on and continue to grow is sort of that organic um, organic affiliate and to an
2: extent influencer marketing program as well. Well, as an owner of um, multiple med spas, I'm, this is a great, there were some products a handful of years ago that were similar to this, but very, um, very brand specific to um, one uh, like electric device that we had to buy. And and we love the concept of it, but it was really, really, really pricey. And um, I just, I like where, you know, when you're disrupting the market, you can come in and um, look and see what's been done. And you can now say like, this is a new category that we want to like, it's really price sensitive, right? I and mean, because people are gonna, only going to pay so much, but the one thing this reminds me of is there was this, um, it's like a Claritin, uh, brush. Like it, it rotates around and it cleans your skin off. It sloughs it off. And the reason I say it, I remember buying that years ago. Um, and it was like four or $500. I'm like this is an investment. Like this is a lot yeah. of money. Um, but I still have it, like I still have it so many years later. So, you know, I think that's, you know, super smart, the marketing and how you're going out and finding people, but also recognizing, you know, if you can create this category, as you're saying, with the kind of the Keurig model, man, you know, people are going to keep these for a very long, you know, very long time. Um, it's just super smart. You're very, um, I think you're on the right track for a lot of wonderful things to happen. What's next for, um, Droplet?
0: Well, we have a few things coming up. Um, We are constantly working on improving our hardware, so you'll see our Gen 2 launching um, in a few months, so that's really exciting for us. And that's basically, um, you know, just the the second gen of the device. We also are working on some new formulations and regimens, so we're really doing some R&D right now on Um, a regimen that can be used to treat hyperpigmentation, so dark spots, Mm -hmm. um, acne scars. And that's a real pain point that we've seen with our consumer base. Um, People often ask us, you know, we have products for it, but like, how do you combine them? And we had completed a clinical for it and and have really good results with a particular regimen so we're pulling that together. Um, And then also working on targeted treatments. So um, things like, you know, quick 30-second treatments for things like um, blemishes or acne. Um, You know, we have modes on on the app, which people have really leaned into. So now it's productizing some of that. And then, of course, we're open for partnerships as well. So having some of those discussions, too, around Mm -hmm. having some of, you know, our customers' favorite other brands um, in droplet form. That's so exciting.
2: Well, great. All of your contact information will be you know, on the, on the show notes, excuse me, but I always love to end it with, you know, tell us something good. Tell us something interesting that no one knows about you. Just, you know, people love that personal connection. What's something that you can you can share? I'm trying to think what might be interesting. Um... <laughs> what is it that as an entrepreneur, have you found the flexibility of the entrepreneur lifestyle? Has that been good for you?
0: Um, I think work-life balance as a founder is a little bit of a, a myth, but I think mm-hmm. one of the great like, joys of doing this is because it's a little bit of a unique path, you're able to form credible friendships and mm-hmm. like support groups with other female founders. Um, there's only a small handful of us who are, I would say, you know, women in our 20s, 30s, and 40s who are in hardware and technology. And I think we're all within one degree of separation. And so Sometimes doing it feels quite lonely, but we've been able to form just this incredible support network. And it's everything from fundraising woes or dynamics to um, to things like, hey, um, we're out of like our manufacturers out of this particular kind of Bluetooth module to know where I can buy more because they're not listed on the open market. And I think that sort of um, support system has been, has been incredible.
2: That's wonderful. That's great to know. That's really nice to know, I think, for any entrepreneur, but specifically female entrepreneurs in technology and beauty. That's a wonderful combo. Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Beauty Standard by Urban U this podcast is here to inspire support and deliver what you need to hear today to continue on your wellness journey Check out our Instagram at the urban or website www.theurbanU.com If you love today's episode we'd love for you to leave a review and share Thanks! Go on Instagram and follow us for more skincare education, giveaways, and how to get the best values for the products that you love. At UI for me.